Frontier Gentlemen, here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual accounts. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentlemen. Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful. Now here is your guide to these adventures of the mind. There is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you this morning. And now, here is O.T.R.O. I want to talk to you. You're Jack Salter, aren't you? I am. And I'm a friend, or was, a Charlie Brewer. I see. You don't see nothing, Marshal. Oh, what do you mean? A gambler, Vent. He murdered Brewer. Can you prove it? I don't have to prove it. Well, the law says you do, Sullivan. I ain't interested in what the law says, Marshal. I am. Look, Marshal, Charlie Brewer won over $700 off Vint tonight. That much? I was there, watching Vint so as he deal on us. Oh? I don't even have to ask you if you found that money on Brewer. No, it was gone. And why haven't you arrested Vint? Wouldn't do any good, Salter. There's no legal proof he did it. I told you, I ain't interested in all that, so... Well, I'll kill Vent myself if I have to. That's what I thought. I'm warning you, Marshal. I'll give you till tomorrow night. If he isn't in jail by then, I'm going out and I'm going to shoot him down. That's murder, too, Salter. And if you try it, I'll throw you in jail. We'll see about that, Marshal. After I kill Vent. Don't do it, Salter. Tomorrow night, Marshal. Well, that's the basic plot to this week's Gunsmoke. A young dealer in one of the bars in, in Dodd City was killed while carrying his girlfriend, who had a sprained ankle, to her place. He had just finished closing a game of 21. And it's the first time in the history of Gunsmoke where the game of 21 was ever mentioned. So I got curious as to exactly when 21 was introduced into the United States. And it turns out that, according to Wikipedia, Blackjack's precursor was 21, a game of unknown origin. The first written reference was found in a book by the Spanish author Miguel Cervantes, famous for writing Don Quixote. And in that book, he kind of diagrams exactly how 21 was played. And that reference to 21 goes all the way back to 1602 when that book was published. No one even knows when 21 was introduced to this country. If anyone was to guess when 21 was introduced to this country or how it was introduced to this country, it probably started in the east and headed west as far as popularity was concerned and introduction was concerned. 
because most uh, the gateway to Europe, of course, was uh, through the Atlantic Ocean. So that would be my guess, at least. But gambling houses offered bonus payouts to stimulate players' interests. One such bonus was a 10-to-1 payout if the player's hand consisted of the ace of spades and blackjack, either the jack of clubs or the jack of spades. This hand was called a blackjack, and the name stuck to the game even though the 10-to-1 bonus was soon withdrawn. In modern game, a blackjack refers to a hand of any ace plus a 10 or face card, regardless of the suits or the colors. So that's exactly what blackjack or 21 is. And how I got to this country is still unknown. So enjoy this episode of Gunsmoke from August 15th. 1953, and the episode is entitled Moon. And I'll be back with the introduction to Frontier Gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Kendall. Mr. Kendall? But like Uncle Amos used to say, if there's going to be a corpse and cartridge occasion, it's best you learn to roll your gun first. <laughs> Either that or stay out of the way of corpse and cartridge occasions. Uh, that ain't always so easy. Uncle Amos, he got himself dry gulched back in Oklahoma. He sure was a peaceable man, too. I keep them hanging in here. Ma won't let me keep no guns in my room. You know how women are. Yes, yes, I know. Hmm. Those are pretty hefty guns. Yeah, but they got real smart balance. Action smooth down just fine, too. Now, target's over there. You want to try her out? Oh, yes, I'd like to. Uh, I, I do my practice from here. I paste it off about... 25 feet. Well, from the looks of it, you're quite a shot. Well, I can do better, Mr. Kendall. Right now, I'm working on my draw. It's still a mite slow. Did you put those shots in the bullseye from a draw? Oh, sure. From the hip, or did you take time to aim? Oh, from the hip, but I figure I'm still taking too much time. Oh, no, no, no. They say accuracy is more important than speed. Those are rather old models you're using, you know. Well, I'd sure like to see you try that 44, you're... Maybe I can learn something. <laughs> no, not much from me, I'm afraid. I'll have a go. Here, hold your guns. Yes, sir. Ah, now. All right. You say the word. I'll draw. Ready? Now. <laughs> not bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's... Mighty fine shooting, Mr. Kendall. Thank you. Let me see you try. Oh, no, no, I guess not. Come on. No, no oh, I reckon not. Go on, put on the belt. I'm curious to see how you handle those relics. Yes, sir. I should think they'd be a little heavy for you. Yeah, they were at first, but I kind of got used to them. Of course, I can't shoot both at once. No, I've never yet seen a man who could with any accuracy. Say, maybe we'd better get back inside. I guess Paul ought to be back by now. In a minute. I want to see how you hit those bullseyes. Yes, sir. Ready? Yes, sir. All right. Now you draw when I say the word. Draw. <laughs> May I see your gun? Yes, sir. How many bullets did you have in there? Five. 
Is the other gun loaded? Do, 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 you, do you mind doing that again? I guess so. Good Lord. As you can guess by that clip, J.B. Kendall was doing target practice with the young man that he met in Deadwood. J.B. Kendall was in Deadwood because that's where his newspaper sent the money for him. It's been forwarded from several different places, and the money is finally caught up with J.B. Kendall, and he's looking to get a new suit. So he walks down the end of the street, and there is a new building that's still under construction, and a young man, a very tall, slender young man, is in the store, J.B. Kendall, and offering to help J.B. Kendall look for a suit. And they get on the subject of guns. And the kid has a practice range just out back, because J.B. Kendall is using his forty-four and... The young man is using a handgun, which is a forty-six of all things. And the kid's forty-six used to shoot balls instead of bullets, but it was refashioned to shoot bullets. But the but the bullets are hard to come by, and the kid is deadly accurate, and he is deadly with the gun. And the fact is, the kid doesn't know how good he is. And he is the fastest man that J.B. Kendall has ever seen with the gun, unbeknownst to the kid. The kid's only 16 or 17 years old, mind you, and hasn't handled the gun very much. But he's wanting to fit in with the society out there in Deadwood, because Deadwood's a rough town. And definitely a rough town for a young 17, 16-year-old kid. So the problem that J.B. Kendall has is that does he tell the young man that he is the fastest man J.B. Kendall has ever seen handle a gun, or does he say nothing? So enjoy this episode of Frontier Gentlemen from August 17th, 1958, and the episode is entitled Wonder Boy. And I'll see you back here next week with more Gunsmoke and Frontier Gentlemen. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America, the story of a man who moved with it, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal.
cut? Sure. I'll cut. Well, Brewer? Hit me. That's enough. Can you beat 19? 20 will do it. You're lucky today, Brewer. <laughs> Against a dealer like you, Vince, that ain't luck so much. What do you mean by that? Well, I figure maybe you've been letting me win. And then later on, things sort of change, and you'll get all this back, and I'll keep plunging till you got all mine, too. Brewer, I've killed men for that kind of talk. <laughs> what kind of men? You're in Dodge now, Mr. Gambler. You ain't gonna kill nobody. Bless me, he's drunk, and I'm sober. I'll be back this evening, Vint, and I'll bring a friend, Jack Salter, with me. The game's open. Bring anybody you like. Salter won't be gambling. He'll just sit here and watch you deal. Got any objections? Why should I? You shouldn't. If you like living. See you later. Down, yeah. You look worried. I am. That fella Brewer just walked out of here with a lot of my money. He's coming back tonight to play some more. And what are you worried about? Sure, I was setting him up, Nan. Let him win a little and then take everything he's got. But he's bringing a friend back with him to help watch me deal. You mean he's on to you? Yeah. Who's the friend? Jack Salter. You know him? A little. And I've heard he's quite a gunman. Oh. Man, you gotta help me. Help you how? Brewer's got five hundred dollars of my money now. And if he hits a streak of luck, it could be more. With both of them watching me, I, I don't dare deal cards my way. Well, what can I do, Vince? You're a gambler. I'm not. There are ways of getting that money back without gambling. How? You just get him off alone somewhere and I'll take care of the rest. Oh, no, then, please. Ma'am, this is our money, yours and mine. It's part of the money we're running away on. If I lose this, we'll be a long time getting to St. Louis. No, but... You want to go on working in a saloon the rest of your life? Supporting your child and that worthless husband of yours? Or do you want to go with me? Back east. And be free. And have a decent home. You know I do, Ben. All right. And if Brewer's lucky and goes on winning, you gotta play sweet to him. Get him outside, in the alley, alone. You can do it, Nan, easy. It's for us, you know. I'm afraid. I'll do it, Ben. You know I will. That's a girl. I'm good, Ben. Eighteen. <laughs> I got twenty. This winning all the time gets tiresome. 
think I'll quit. Whenever you like. You got about 700 of his money now, brother. Oh, that much, Salter, huh? Well, we'll have another little game sometime, Vint. What do you say? Any time, Brewer. Mm. Give me your chips. I'll cash them. Sure. Now spread the word you're an honest dealer, Vint. Real honest. He sure is. <laughs> I'm going now, Brewer. There's a little girl at the Longhorn been waiting to dance with me. See you later, Salter. Sure. So long, Vint. It's uh, been a pleasure. Goodbye. Here's your money. Thanks. Where? Buy your drink, Brewer? Oh, that's decent of you, Vint, but <laughs> I'm the winner. I'll buy you one. All right. Mike, bring us a bottle of Irish. Great. Don't worry about tonight, Vint. I'll give you a chance to win it back. Maybe tomorrow. A gambler like me's bound to lose now and then, Brewer. <laughs> Especially when he runs into my kind of luck, huh? Well, I hope you gentlemen don't mind if I brought you a bottle of Jameson. Mike's busy. Well, now, of course we don't. Sit down, man. Have one with us. Oh, thanks. Well, I was sort of hoping you might ask me. <laughs> <laughs> You're honest anyway. I like that. Uh, how'd you make out at 21? Ask him. He won $730. Oh. Here. Let's drink up. Mud in your eye. <laughs> Thanks for the drink, Brewer. I think I'll quit for the night. Let me know when you want another game, Ben. <laughs> Good night. work here. Anything else is just the usual gossip. Oh. You're pretty. <laughs> have another drink, ma'am? No, no, thanks. I'm sorry, but I have to go home. Oh, you can't do that. You just got here. Besides, it's early yet. I always go home early. You can walk with me, though, if you like. Walk with you? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Fine. Fine. Let's go. All right. I'll take the bottle back. Here's some money. Give it a mic. Wait for me at the back door, huh? Back door? Oh, it's quicker to where I live that way. Oh, okay. Well, hurry up, man. Yeah. I do. I walk it every night. <laughs> oh. oh, what? Oh, my ankle. Oh, here, here. I've got you. I've got you. I 
twisted it. Oh. Hold me, will you? No, way, I'll carry you. Uh, easy now. Fair uh, enough. Just take it easy. Yeah. I'll get you home now. Tell me where you are. Uh, right down this alley, Mr. Dillon, so the said. Yeah, I see some people back there. This is it. Pull that light over here, will you, mister? Yeah, I'll you Thanks. Why, Charlie Brewer. Yeah. He's dead. Somebody clubbed him, all right. Who are you, miss? Uh, I'm Nat Miller. I work at the Oliphaganza. What were you doing out back here? Well, he wanted to take a walk, and we got out here, and then somebody jumped us. Are you hurt? Well, they knocked me out, but I'm all right now. They? How many were there? I don't, I don't know. I got hit, and when I came to, I... Oh, I'm like that. I screamed. Well, that's, that's all I know, Marshal. I didn't see anybody at all. Chester. Yes, sir. Take her over to Doc's. No, no. I, I'm, I'm all right. I, I want to go home. I'm, I'm all right. Are you sure? Yeah, sure. Sure. Don't bother about me, Marshal. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, Nan. Chester, go find a piece of canvas. We'll... Take Brewer over to Doc's. Yes, sir. Is Matt back yet, Chester? He's coming across Front Street right now, Doc. Well, it's not often a man gets killed around here without being shot. Clubs don't make any noise, Doc. It's murder. Just plain murder, that's what it is. Mm. You all through, Doc? I'm all through, Matt. We'll bury him in the morning. Doc, did uh, Brewer have any money on him? Uh, a couple of dollars and change, Matt. I wrapped it up with the rest of his effects. Yeah. He won a lot of money from Vint James tonight. Then he was robbed. That girl, that girl, Nan Miller. Uh, she helped rob him, maybe. You think a woman could have clubbed him that hard, Doc? Oh, no, I don't. My goodness, no. And I don't think so, either. But I think she got him out in the alley so Vent could club him. As soon as Vent got away, she set up a holler. But, Matt, just because Vent lost some money... They say Vent and Nan are friends, Doc. Good friends. You don't say. Well, what do you know? You going to arrest him, Mr. Dillon? There's no real evidence, Chester. You just go free again. Mm. Marshal? Yeah. I want to talk to you. Now, you're Jack Salter, aren't you? I am. And I'm a friend, or was, of Charlie Brewer. I see. You don't see nothing, Marshal. Oh, what do you mean? A gambler, Vent. He murdered Brewer. Can you prove it? I don't have to prove it. Well, the law says you do, Sullivan. I ain't interested in what the law says, Marshal. I am. 
Look, Marshal, Charlie Brewer won over $700 off Vince tonight. That much? I was there. Watching Vince so's he'd deal honest. Oh? I don't even have to ask you if you found that money on Brewer. No. It was gone. And why haven't you arrested Vince? Wouldn't do any good, Salter. There's no legal proof he did it. I told you, I ain't interested in all that. So? So I'll kill Vent myself if I have to. That's what I thought. I'm warning you, Marshal. I'll give you till tomorrow night. And if he isn't in jail by then, I'm going out and I'm going to shoot him down. That's murder, too, Salter. And if you try it, I'll throw you in jail. We'll see about that, Marshal. After I kill Vin. Don't do it, Salter. Tomorrow night, Marshal. And you know I'll do it. This table all right, Kitty? Fine, Matt. It's as quiet as any. Sure you don't want to drink? Not tonight, Kitty. What's on your mind, Matt? Nan Miller. Oh. I heard about her being with Brewer when he got killed. She wasn't hurt, though, they said. No, she's fine. Because they didn't hit her very hard, then. Knocked her out. So she said, anyway. I take it you don't believe her. No, Kitty, I don't. Tell me about her and Vent James, huh? Well... Vint gambles at the Alphaganza map, and she works over there, too. I hardly know him at all. You know more than that about him. Oh, there's a lot of gossip, if you're interested in that. Tell me what you think's true. They're in love. What else? For some men, that's enough, Matt. Kitty, I'm not interested in romance. I'm after a murderer. Sure. That's about all I know, Matt. They're in love, and I'm... Sure, Nan wasn't stepping out on Vint with Charlie Brewer. I'd swear to that. No. No, I don't think she was either. From what I hear, she and Vint are serious enough to get married, if they could. Well, why couldn't they? Well, Matt, don't you know? Nan's already married. What? Sure. She's been married for years. Well, where's her husband? Does he know about all this? I don't think he'd care if he did. They say he spends all his time in that little saloon at the edge of town. What's it called? The El Dorado? He spends his time and her money, is that it? Men. Now, Kitty. He wouldn't be so bad if it weren't for the kid. They have a child? A six-year-old girl. Vicky, I think she's called. Nan hired some old woman to take care of her most of the time. A little girl, huh? And you think Nan and Vint would get married if they could? I don't know, Matt, but they act like it. So I hear, anyway. Yeah. I think I got an idea, Kitty. What? Well, I'll tell you later if it works. But it has to do with men. Tell me, do you think Vint's a good man? I don't think any man's any good. Not till you've put him to the test, anyway. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to gamble on. And I don't think Vint will test out very well. I don't know what you're talking about, but why not? He's a crooked dealer, for one thing. I'll see you later, Kitty. I'm going to have a talk with Vint. 
Who is it? Marshal Dillon. What do you want? Open up the door. It's late, Marshal. Is it? I was about to go to bed. This won't take long. Well, okay, Marshal. What do you want? I want you to leave town, Vint. What? Get out of Dodge by tomorrow evening. But what for? Why? I always run crooked gamblers out. But, Marshal, I don't deal crooked, and nobody can prove I do. Yeah. You come from St. Louis, don't you, Vint? Yeah. Why? There's a train east at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Be on it. You understand? All right, Marshal. I'll go. I know you will. Good night. Good night, Marshal. I'd be here at four, ma'am. I rented the wagon there to carry your trunk to the depot. Well, come on in. I'm not quite ready yet. Well, the Santa Fe leaves at five. You haven't got much time. Vent, I'm so excited. It's like I told you this morning, Nan. We're mighty lucky getting out this easy. Yeah, yeah, of course we are. But let's don't talk about all that now. Let's just think about the future. Wait till you see St. Louis. It's a real town with, with real buildings. Not a lot of ramshackle old rookeries like Dodge. Oh, I can hardly wait, Vint. And to see it all with you. I just can't believe it's really going to happen. Well, it won't happen if you don't hurry up and finish packing. Oh, I'm almost ready. Come along, you take Vicky's things out now. I pack them first. Vicky's things? Yeah, she's playing out back. <laughs> I'd have never done a thing with that child in here. Just hope she isn't getting dirty. She's all dressed up for the train. Vicky? Of course. Why are you looking like that? You're planning to take Vicky? Vent, what do you mean? You never mentioned taking Vicky along. Well, you didn't think I'd leave her here. We never talked about it. Talked about it? She's my child, Vent. Of course I'll take no. her. No. No, I don't want a child alone. Vent! Nan, look. We can't be bothered with a kid. We're going to see things, do things, you and me. Well, Vicky's better off here anyway. Better off here? With a drunkard for a father and no mother at all? Are you crazy? Well, give her to somebody. Give her to... She's my child, Ben. Don't you understand? Sure, but I don't want her with us, Nan. I can't stand kids. Oh, no, Go you on, can't... get packed. We're going to be late. Vent. I won't leave Vicky. What? I won't leave her. 
You mean that? Yes. All right, then. Stay with her. I'm going. Oh, no, Vince. You can't. You can't leave me now, oh, Vince. Yes, no. I can. I can do anything. Vince, no. No, please. Goodbye, Nan. You're really going, aren't you? Of course I am. I hate you. I hate you. Here he comes now, Mr. Dillon, just in time. Yeah. He's alone, too. What do you mean, he's alone? Chester. What? Uh, you go tell the engineer not to pull that train out of Dodge until I give him the word, huh? What? Uh, go on, hurry up, tell him. Yes, sir, I... Well, Marshal, I'm leaving. Are you satisfied? Not quite, Vint. Oh? And here comes a man who isn't satisfied at all about your leaving. Who? Where? Right over there. You see? Jack Salter. You remember him. Salter? Well, what's he doing here? Well, he'll probably tell us. I seen him driving around in that wagon with his bags all dressed up. You can let him go, aren't you, Marshal? Can let him ride that train right out of Dodge. What are you talking about, Sol? Shut up. I'll take care of you later, Vince. Later? Yeah. I just got a sudden idea to go to St. Louis, too, Marshal. I see. What's this all about? Salter here wants to kill you, Vince. Kill me? Yeah. He says you murdered a friend of his. Brewer. Well, that's a lie. Don't you call me a liar. All right, hold it, Salter. I'll handle this, not you. Mr. Dillon? Oh, Mr. Dillon? Yeah. What is it, Chester? Uh, this lady here wants to talk to you. Man, it's man. Excuse me, gentlemen. I- I'm coming with you, Marshal. Well, so am I by heaven. You, uh, wanted to see me, Nan? Yes, Marshal, I do. I got something to tell you about Vince and me. Wait, Nan, don't. Why not, Vince? Look, there's time. I'll go over to the house and get Vicky right now. We'll take her. Of course we will. I was just joking. Were you, Vince? Well, you know I was, Nan. Come on, you come with me. We'll go get her. No. I don't trust you, Vince. You're no good. No good at all. Nan, listen. Shut up, Ben. Let her talk. All right, go ahead, Ben. Ben killed Brewer last night, Marshal. Look out, he's got a gun! You got in the way, Marshal. I'd have shot him. He almost shot man. You jumped him just in time, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. All right, Chester, pick up his gun. 
And bring him to jail when he comes to. Yes, sir. Well, Salter, you satisfied? I'm satisfied, Marshal. Vince, no good, Marshal. He's no good at all. I was counting on you to find that out, man. All right, come along. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Harley Bear is Chester, Georgia Ellis is Kitty, and Howard McNear is Doc. Gunsmoke has been selected by the Armed Forces Radio Service to be heard by our troops overseas. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. There are many claims to the title of fastest gun in the West. I think that in Deadwood, Dakota Territory, I may have met him. Frontier Gentlemen. Here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. In just a moment, we will bring you the latest report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Why stand on the sidelines when CBS News features like The World Tonight take you directly to where the big news stories are breaking? Tonight, tomorrow, and every night, hear eyewitness reports from CBS News overseas correspondents and lively features and interviews with the very people making the news as most of these same CBS radio stations present The World Tonight. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. remittance, as well as a small check from the London Times, were forwarded to me from Cheyenne. Both reached me at the Mark Hotel in Deadwood, Dakota Territory. I cashed them at the Stebbins and Post Company Bank, and once more solvent, decided to do something about my clothes, which to say the least had seen better days. I was directed to a tailor shop, which I found housed in a dilapidated frame building, almost at the end of the main street. A freshly painted sign read, Eli Jackson, Taylor, Outfitters. I went in and was met by a tall, thin youth of 16, 17. He greeted me with a shy grin, bowed stiffly, and said, Afternoon, sir. Can I be of service? 
And I thought I'd like to buy a new suit. Yes, sir. We got a mighty fine selection. Uh, were you figuring on a Sunday go to meeting suit or maybe just a cow rigging? Ah, uh, well, I'd like to see what you've got. Well, you step right this way, mister. Uh, are you, uh, are you Eli Jackson, the tailor? No, sir. I'm a son, Dick. Pause up the street for a few minutes, but he'll be right back. I guess maybe you want to wait for him? Well, as a matter of fact, I was thinking of having his suit made. Oh, sure. Well, Pa'll fix you up just fine. He's the best tailor in these parts. You, you want to take a seat? Wait. It'll only be a couple of minutes for sure. All right. Uh, you live here in Deadwood, mister? I've been here about a week. Well, now ain't that something. Me and my mom and pa, we got in a week back, too. I guess you can see there's some fixing up to do here. Wasn't much of a place when we moved in, but as soon as we get her straightened around, she'll be the finest store in Dakota. We live in the back. Where do you come from? Oklahoma Territory. Pa heard about the gold strikes in the Black Hills. And he says, with all them folks coming into Deadwood, there's a regular gold mine in Taylor. And business weren't much back home, so we cut our suspenders and come up here. Sure is a wild, woolly town, ain't it? <laughs> a fair description. You mind my asking, mister, what kind of shooting iron is that? Hmm? Oh, a uh, Colt forty-four. How you like it? Well, it's a good gun, serviceable. Uh, I never used one of them. I sure admire to shoot one, though. Well... I got me two old Remington 46s Uncle Amos left of me. But sure is a mess of trouble finding cartridges for them. Used to be cap and ball, you know. Oh. Uh, yeah, and then they fixed them up to shoot rimfire. Say, uh, I still got a few rounds left. Uh, would you like to take a couple of shots? Oh, well, I'm not very... I got a target set up in the back, then maybe... Oh, uh, maybe you could give me a turn with yours. <laughs> All right. Ron, Pa, they don't take to my practicing like I do, but I tell them man's got to keep his handy, and ain't that so? And I suppose it rather depends what you're practicing for. Well, I ain't practicing to be no short trigger man, mister. Uh, Mr. Kendall. Mr. Kendall? But like Uncle Amos used to say, if there's going to be a corpse and cartridge occasion, it's best you learn to roll your gun first. <laughs> Either that or stay out of the way of corpse and cartridge occasions. Uh, that ain't always so easy. Uncle Amos, he got himself dry gulched back in Oklahoma. He sure was a peaceable man, too. All right, keep him hanging in here. Ma won't let me keep no guns in my room. You know how women are. Yes, yes, I know. Hmm. Those are pretty hefty guns. Yeah, but they got real smart balance. Action smooth down just fine, too. Now, target's over there. You want to try her out? Oh, yes, I'd like to. Uh, I, I do my practice from here. I paste it off about 25 feet. Well, from the looks of it, you're quite a shot. Well, I can do better, Mr. Kendall. Right now, I'm working on my draw. It's still a mite slow. Did you put those shots in the bullseye from a draw? Oh, sure. From the hip, or did you take time to aim? Oh, from the hip, but I figure I'm still taking too much time. Oh, no, no, no. They say accuracy is more important than speed. Those are rather old models you're using, you know. Well, I'd sure like to see you try that 44, Yorn. Maybe I could learn something. <laughs> no, not much from me, I'm afraid. I'll have a go. Here, hold your guns. Yes, sir. Ah, now. All right. You say the word. I'll draw. Ready? 
Now. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's mighty fine shooting, Mr. Kendall. Thank you. Let me see you try. Oh, no, no, I guess not. Come on. No, no oh, I reckon not. Go on, put on the belt. I'm curious to see how you handle those relics. Yes, sir. I should think they'd be a little heavy for you. Yeah, they were at first, but I kind of got used to them. Of course, I can't shoot both at once. No, I've never yet seen a man who could with any accuracy. Say, maybe we'd better get back inside. I guess Pa ought to be back by now. In a minute, I want to see how you hit those bullseyes. Yes, sir. Ready? Yes, sir. All right. Now you draw when I say the word. Draw. <laughs> uh, may I see your gun? Yes, sir. How many bullets did you have in there? Five. Is the other gun loaded? Do, 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 you, do you mind doing that again? I guess so. Good Lord. Heard our road show starring Tennessee Ernie? You ought to. It reflects Ernie's warm personality right down the line. Young Molly B. and Doris Drew alternate as the featured feminine vocalists on the show. Join us on most of these same stations tomorrow for CBS Radio's easygoing road show starring Tennessee Ernie. It's as refreshing as a visit back home. It was the most unbelievable thing I'd ever seen. Twice, in a little more than one second, this boy had drawn, fanned the hammers of his ancient guns, and put five bullets in a six-inch circle from a distance of 25 feet. Now he stood, eyes downcast, obviously uncomfortable. I guess, I guess we'd better see if Pa's back. Dick, why didn't you want to show me how you shoot? Well, I, I figured maybe you'd be mad not buy a suit of clothes from Pa. We sure need the business. I feel like a bit of a fool. I'm certainly not mad. Odd might be the word. Who taught you to draw like that? Uncle Amos. Mm. He must have been quite handy with a gun himself. Oh, he, he was good. But he said I was better. He'd have his bristles up right now if he'd seen me showing off to you. Uncle Amos always said, never show a man your draw unless you mean it, because someday you might have to throw down with him. Now, you listen to me, young friend. You'll never have to worry about that with me. I have no wish to commit suicide. Dick? Out back, Ma. Come inside, quick. Your pa's been hurt. Huh? What's the matter? Pa? It's all right, Pa. It's all right. Hey, help me get him laid down on the sofa, son. Yeah, let me help. Who are you? He's Mr. Kendall, Pa. Came in for to buy some clothes. Easy now. Put your weight on me. What happened? What happened, Ma? Hush up, Dick. Doctor should be along directly, Eli. Now, you rest comfortable. Mm -hmm. Is it still bleeding? Yeah, I guess so. Ma? You've been shot. Miss Jackson, get some clean rags, tear up a shirt. We've got to stop the bleeding. Yes. Pa? Pa? Don't you get to fretting, boy. It just looks worse than it is, huh? I ain't gonna die. Dick, help me get his jacket off. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. 
Pa? Pa? He's dead, mister. No, he, he has fainted. Get some water on to boil. The doctor will need it when he takes out the bullet. You sure, you sure he ain't dead? I tell you, he's fainted. Now do as you're told. Mm. Mm. Here. I had some sheeting put away for bandages. That's... Oh. It's all right. He'll come around. He's so white. Loss of blood. Have you got any whiskey? No. Eli's not a drinking man. Mm. You said the doctor's on his way. Yes, somebody went to call him. There. Uh, hold those against his shoulder. It ought to stop the bleeding. Oh, yes. Uh, now, don't try to move, Mr. Jackson. Lie back, dear. I feel some better. I guess I went off for a couple of minutes. I'm truly thankful for your help, mister. It's all right. Afraid you're going to have to wait a bit. For your suit, though, less than you're willing to wear ready-made. Don't worry about that. Just lie quietly. That fella, he had no cause, no cause. I know, dear. It'll be again the law. Man's got no right. (laughs) How did it happen, Mrs. Jackson? Well, we'd gone to the warehouse to get some bolts of cloth. A couple of drunks come out of Gerber's saloon, start shooting and deviling around. They seen Eli and me coming down the street. I seen one fella a couple of days back. He... He come in here to buy a pair of boots. Crowley's his name. I I didn't have nothing cheap enough, and he didn't have the money. Didn't look like the kind I'd give credit, so he went off without his boots. They was drunk, Eli. He didn't do it purposeful. The bullet must have hit a rock or something and bounced Uh, up. Maybe. maybe. Who was the other fella, Pa? Boy, what are you doing with that gun belt on? You know your ma and me's told you never to bring it in the house. Oh, I was our back showing Mr. Kendall. You never mind what you was doing and showing. You go hang up them guns this minute, you hear? Do as your pa says. Now, you seen what guns can do to your Uncle Amos? Now, me. Don't excite yourself, Eli. I ain't exciting myself. I ain't gonna have that boy turn into killer. I ain't, pa. No Now, don't you talk back to me, boy. I'll strip the hide off on you. Come back, Eli. Dick, do as your pa tells you. Go on. I know, baby. Did you put the water on the boil? Yeah. Good. Now, why don't you go and see if the doctor's coming? Yeah, yeah, all right. Now, you take off them guns and belt. But I... Boy, when I get up, I'm going to thrash your backside, I am for sure. You're just getting too big for your britches. Please, son, can't you see what you're doing to your pa? Do like he says. I'm sorry, but I saw what happened to Uncle Amos. Well, ain't no one going to shoot my pa and get away with it. Boy, you come back here. Dick! Dick! Don't worry, I'll get him. You tell him it was an accident. What, no real shooting? Dick! It was an accident. Dick! Dick! Wait, I want to talk to you. Now slow down, young fellow. Don't hold on to me, Mr. Kendall. I got a thing to do. And I use your head. You can't fight two grown men. If I got to, I can. I mean, nobody around here thinks I'm big enough to You're use a gun. You're big enough. Shooting at a target is a little different facing a man. I ain't afeard. I didn't say you were. But you go looking for trouble with a couple of drunks, you're going to get hurt. Mister, I'm 17. I was there last year when my Uncle Amos died. The blood running out of him. They shot him in the back because he was like my pa. He'd put up his guns and weren't going to fight no more. Uncle Amos, he said to me, just before he turned on his side, he said, boy, whenever you see a coward with a gun, you get scared. You get scared enough to go for yours before he gets his out. Pa's always preaching about living peaceable. All right, well, if they won't let you live that way, you've got to make them let you. Your father said it was an accident. Did you hear him? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I heard what he said about that fella Crowley coming to the store for boots and Pa not giving him credit. It's true, I was in the store. That Crowley had it in for Pa. Well, we're going to live in this town. Folks is going to have respect for the Jacksons. 
Pa don't care none. I do. Supposing you do find them, what are you going to do? To start shooting? I'll give them a chance to draw. Dick, will you listen to me? I ain't listening to nobody, Mr. Kendall. My pa's been hurt bad. I aim to pay the man out that done it. So don't you go trying to stop me. Who says you can't be in and out at the same time? Every Monday through Friday on CBS Radio's House Party, Art Linkletter invites you out right in your own home, office, or car. House Party is just what the name implies. It's loaded with fun and surprises. It's one place you can be sure you'll meet new and exciting people. Remember, CBS Radio's House Party is a standing invitation to a good time. It's yours for the listening five times a week on most of these same stations. I walked up the Deadwood Street with young Dick Jackson, the two old 46s slapping heavily on his thin young legs. I knew that I could have physically stopped him, carried him back to his parents, but I also knew that it would have solved nothing, perhaps only made matters worse. So I did the only thing I could do. I went with him, first to Gerber's saloon, then to half a dozen others, looking for the man named Crowley and his companion. An hour later, we found him in the Deadwood Saloon. That's Crowley. That's the one. Over to the bar. You know what you're doing. I know. You know what it's like to shoot a man to kill him? I guess I'm going to find out, Mr. Kendall. You said you weren't practicing to be a short trigger man. That was a lie. No. Shooting at a target hasn't been enough. You've just been waiting for an excuse. That ain't so. Get out of my way. Dick. (laughs) Boy, now you ain't never seen nothing like it. He shows up in this here dance. Public as a zebra, wearing a fried shirt, a hard-boiled hat, and a smelling of bear grease and lavender flavored soap. <laughs> I tell you, he looked as miserable as a razorback hog that's dropping himself on a fence post. <laughs> hey, well, look here. Hey, boys. Boy, here, have a look, see. Hey, what you carrying there, son? Buffalo guns. <laughs> hey, boy, don't you know packing them great big old heavy things like to make you a bow-legged for your time? <laughs> Crowley, you just shot up my paw hour back. I aim to kill you for it. You're kidding that there mealy mouth tailor down the street? Boy, I might have known. Mealy mouth, little son. Mr. Crowley, I'm going to put my gun back now. Next time I unshuck it, you better draw your own self, because I ain't going to be doing no fancy trick shooting a glass out of your hand. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Boy, you sure are fast, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but you just a kid. Now, I ain't got no quarrel with no kid. You gunned my pa. Oh, no, that, that there was an accident. Uh, me and Loba here, we was just having some fun, and your pa 
Well, he come waltzing up with the missus, and he kind of got in the way of a bullet is all, and it not nobody's fault. You gonna draw? Loby, you tell a kid, ain't it the truth? Sure it is. Didn't mean no harm. Uh, mister, you with the kid here? Yes. Well, you get him out of here, huh? No, I don't think so. I want to see his face when he kills you. You loco. I'm a newspaper man. It's my job to write about such things. The birth of a killer. He can draw and empty his gun before you can even get yours out, Crowley. He knows it, too. That's why he's going to be a very important killer. He might even be as famous as Billy the Kid. Go for your gun, Crowley. He's waiting. He wants the excuse to see you die. If you don't, he'll kill you anyway. Oh, that ain't so. It ain't so. Now, now, look, mister. Kid, kid, I'm I'm sorry about your pa, huh? I'm sorry for what I said. (laughs) Ain't no sense getting riled. I got a few dollars. Help pay for the doctor and all. He doesn't want that. He wants to be able to go home, tell his father and his mother what he's done. Show them what a big man he is. He can shoot a gun. Kill. That'll make him very grown up. No, that ain't why. I told you it ain't. Now, here, kid. Now, you you take this. It's 40 bucks. You get that to your old man. It'll pay for the doctors and such. I got me a little strike a couple days back, you see. You tell him I'll be in and buy the best suit of clothes and custom maids he's got in the store. You tell him that now, will you? We don't want your money. You stay away from us, you hear? If you don't, I'll be back. Oh, sure, boy, anything you say. Give me the money, Crowley. I'll see his father gets it. Yeah, you do that! Dick, huh? look out! Crowley had pushed me off balance and had gone for his gun. The boy was at the door 20 feet away, his back turned. Crowley fired, and in that same instant, Dick whirled and shot back. He shattered a bottle on the bar. Both had missed. I was only six feet away. My two bullets took away half of Crowley's face. I took the boy back to his father's place. The doctor had removed the piece of lead in Eli Jackson's shoulder, and he was resting more comfortably. Well, I'm glad you found him, Mr. Kendall, before there was any trouble. There was trouble, Mr. Jackson, but it wasn't his fault. He didn't do any shooting. No, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Dad, I want you to take Uncle Amos' guns. Sell them. I don't want them. No guns. Ever. (laughs) Shucks, boy. I I couldn't get two bits on them old things. You you figure you've had enough play out of them. You you just hang them up. Show them to your grandchildren someday. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Mr. Kendall, will you be in Deadwood for a while? Yes, for a while. Well, now, that, that's just fine. I tell you, come on back in a couple of days. I, I'll be up and around, and I'd sure like to make you a fine suit of clothes. Thank you. I will. Dick, you show Mr. Kendall out? Yes, ma'am. Mr. Kendall, I'm sorry. It's all right. I might have been killed. You might. You was right about shooting a man being different from a target. I could shoot the glass out of his hand because I knew that didn't mean nothing. But I couldn't kill him. Killing's ugly. You saw what Crowley looked like. I saw. You should have remembered what your uncle told you. 
Never show a man you're drawn as you mean it. Someday you might have to throw down with him. I'm sorry I didn't remember it. But I won't need to again. I promise you, Mr. Kendall. Well, I'll take your word for it, Dick. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Eddie Firestone, Stacey Harris, Jack Crucian, and Ben Wright. Join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Bud Sewell speaking.